you got to listen and you got to become their number one retirement planner and their number one transition planner. You do that, you're going to win the deal every single time. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. If you're not already subscribed and while you're there, drop us a review to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. Our guest today is John Turner. John serves as Vice President Investment Advisor Lending at Live Oak Bank. With over 30 years in the financial services industry and having had experience buying, brokering, or financing over 600 deals, Mm. John now speaks with advisor groups and at industry events as well as authoring several white papers addressing succession and acquisition topics and issues. John, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here with the two of you. Yeah, John, it's awesome to have you. Man, I was just learning about you before we came on the show. You used to climb radio towers and change <laughs> light bulbs, which it's is terrifying. what we did for money. I, yeah, <laughs> I just want to, I want everybody to go Google videos of people changing these light bulbs because it is truly terrifying. And so yeah, my what stomach you, drops thinking about Yeah, it. selling businesses today, helping people sell and buy easy. businesses. That's easy. That's nothing. <laughs> I want to uh, dive right into the topic. Because if you're in the audience listening to this, right, you're thinking, you know, our podcast is normally sales and marketing tactics, but there is an opportunity to be able to buy businesses or sell your business. And if you're in the financial space, right, if you own an insurance company, a financial advising firm, you know, there are businesses being sold and bought right now. And there's a huge need because you have a lot of, I think, baby boomers looking Mm -hmm. to get out of the business and they have nobody to pass their business to. So we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about this, you know, merger and acquisition type idea and where you can find deals and and what you need to think about with deals. So I'd love to start with just the first question is if I was interested in buying, whether it's a financial advisory firm or something Mm -hmm. like that, how, how would I actually find the deal? Well, and let's start with, it is daunting. If you look at the current uh, ratio of buyers to sellers, it's 75 to one, 75 buyers to every seller. Now oh, that's, wow. that's interested parties, by the way. There's a big difference between interested parties and qualified buyers. Qualified buyers, four to one. What makes the difference is cultural fit, character, you're a person of honesty and integrity. And we could we could go into a whole thing about the SEC, by the way, is currently suing a seller because they sold to a top bidder who ended up being a Ponzi scheme. Mm. So sellers, character matters. So character, capacity, having the ability to serve all the clients well, capability. Wait, the SEC uh, is suing the person who sold their business to the Ponzi scheme? Yes, there was there was a there was an article that was published September 29th of this year. And basically it was, a, it was an, uh, an RIA advisor down in Florida okay. had sold to a top bidder Turns out, yes, they were a Ponzi scheme. They were the top bidder, but, but they why were a not? Ponzi why scheme. not sue the Ponzi scheme people? Why sue well, the person are. who got schemed? But they're also, <laughs> but the SEC is also saying that the that the seller has New. a fiduciary responsibility to their clients. Wow, that the buyer. Wow, so character matters. Wow. Very, very, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, crazy. I think if the SEC prevails, 
that seller is going to go from what he thought was a comfortable retirement to probably living on food stamps and uh, social security. That's crazy. That's a horror story. So, so where do I go? So let's say, you know, I believe I'm a qualified buyer. Like, is there sites to go to, to try to find deals that are for sale? Is there like, what's the best way to go about it? Well, the the very, let's, let's just take there. There is, there's, there's all kinds of sources. What we see at the bank, 80 to 90% are going to be personal relationships. Okay. Somebody from across town called you and said, you know, I'm thinking about retiring. Can we talk about buying? So yes, there are listing services that you can go to. There's all kinds of them out there. Um, We could name them if we wanted to, but if you go to a listing service, you have clearly entrenched yourself in the 75 to one crowd. Okay. If you want to sidestep that altogether, I'm going to talk real quick about three ways to create a list, three ways to vet a list and how to approach it. So that's, that's the way to do it. So three ways to create a list, Check with your broker dealer or your um, uh, your custodian. Oftentimes they'll provide a list. If you can't get it that way, you're going to go to Google. You're going to put in a financial advisor singular. If you put in plural, you're going to get a bunch of BDs and custodians. Don't do that. Financial advisor singular, comma, if this is LinkedIn, the name of the city. Like okay. I live in Lionel Lakes. So you put that in. And you're going to look at the photos. By the way, you know what you're looking for in the photos? Hmm old people. (laughs) You're looking for old people. All right. Put them on your list. Next way to do is go to Google, put in financial advisor, singular comma zip code. Mine is five, five, zero, three, eight. And again, go to images. You know what we're looking for on the images? Old people. people. (laughs) All right. I got it. All right, put them on your list. You got an unvetted list. Three ways real quickly uh, to vet the I, list. I actually love that. I want to point yeah. out to, um, we have a lot of real estate agents that listen to this podcast, right? I want to point out, you have an opportunity, all of these older agents that are probably retiring, getting out of the business, I guarantee you they have no plan for their book, their referral book, and they would love to hang their license in referral and get 1% off of all yeah. those deals. Go to LinkedIn find all the agents and look for the old people. That really is a golden nugget. I love that. It is. It yep. works. Yep. Now here's, so now very, very quickly. So vet the list, um, go to broker check, go to IAPD. That's the SEC site. Check to see if they're, if they're a Bernie Madoff in the making, take them off their list. If mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. second off, uh, go to their websites. You're going to look for those five seasons. Again, what can you learn about character, culture, capability, all those kinds of things. And then lastly, Take them to the your centers of influence, you know, your attorneys, your CPAs, maybe your real estate agents, your wholesalers. Put the list in front of them. Say, look, if there's someone here that's a waste of time, mark this name off. If you think it's someone I should go have coffee with right away, go ahead and star them. And then now you've got a vetted list. But what do you do with the list? Do you just call them and say, would you like to sell your practice? No, people don't like that. What you're going to do is you you need to be a student of the business. You've got to want to be able to build relationships. So I saw this demonstrated live, guys, with someone went to LinkedIn, pulled five names off and called them pretty much cold. Yeah. And basically they got three yeses, one, I'm really busy, will you call me back, and one no. And this is what they did. They gave them a call and they said, ring, 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 hey, this is John Turner, you know, I'm with – so-and-so uh, broker deal. I've been in the business for 17 years. And if I've learned anything, I've learned it's never too late to learn. And then, and what I'd love to do, Bob, I see you've been in the business for 35 years. I would love nothing better than to take you out for coffee and get to know you and your business. You know, could would a Thursday or Friday work best? Wow. Well, it, they'll say yes, because we're in a helping industry. Now, what happens in that coffee is you're going to get to know them a little bit. And you know what the goal of that coffee is, guys? Hmm. 
Build I have it. another coffee. <laughs> Love it. And you know what the goal of that coffee is? Third coffee. Another coffee. What's going to happen is a couple of things. One, you're going to learn some best practices that you are going to apply in your in your business because you have to be truly a student. You have to be authentic about this. But in addition to that, you're going to get six, seven, eight coffees in, and you'll sense it's time for the ultimate question. And the ultimate question is this, Bob, you've been in business for 35 years. And if it's five years from now and you're grinning from ear to ear, what's happened? What you're listening for is something like, I'm spending more time with my wife. I'm spending more time with my grandkids. I have this great advocation I want to be involved in. But when you hear that, then, then you would say, Bob, I think I can help you with that. And then can we have a conversation? And you're off and running and you have sidestepped the 75. You have sidestepped so the far qualified. You are the one. There's no competition. Mm. The deal's not going to get bidded up. You're good to go. And the last thing I'll say about that is sometimes you had mentioned early on in uh, in the call that, um, you know, sometimes it's, we think it's juxtaposed uh, organic growth, you know, marketing and so forth or acquisition. Here to tell you it's both. Uh, we did a three-year longitudinal study. So, you know, if you bought in 13, we looked at 14, 15, 16 taxes, and you bought in 14, you look at 15, 16, 17, and so forth. What we actually saw was a 57% growth over three years wow. after acquisition. So the point is, you just have a bigger field for your organic growth efforts, your marketing and everything else. So it, I actually think it's a both and when you get into this. Whole how many so acquisitions I, fail? Do you know that number? Like when you acquire a firm, um, how many are You have to fail? define fail. Um, if you define it as it winds up in litigation, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly small number. Okay. If okay. you're, if fail is it attributed so poorly that, um, you didn't make your money back. Um, that also is fairly rare. Okay. Uh, where you see the most attrition are advisors that were with a bank. Uh, you'll see okay. maybe 50% attrition on those because the relationship's really with the bank. But if you're buying somebody, if, if your junior is buying you within the same practice, one to 2% attrition, and it's usually the junior just doesn't want to work with uh, lower clients. Okay. If you're buying Outside of your practice, somebody else, it's usually five to eight percent attrition. Okay. So it's it's fairly low. Yeah, that's not bad at all. So talk to us a little bit about um, what you see in the space from like a multiples perspective. Yeah. So if I go buy a, a financial firm or something like that, what is it usually selling for? And is it a multiple on revenue or a multiple on EBITDA that you usually see? A podcast is an incredibly easy, effective, and inexpensive way to have your prospects view you as an authority. And when your prospects view you as an authority, they're in the proper mindset to buy from you. Get everything you need to start your own podcast with our free ebook, Small Business Podcasting, The Ultimate Starter's Guide. A smartphone, some headphones, and an app is all you need to begin. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash podcasting and download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash podcasting. Take action on this today. Oh, man, it's that. Okay, let's take that part first. Yep. Is, is it revenue or is it EBITDA? Depends what you're buying. Okay. So if, if I have a firm, I have a, very, I have a very good system, great staff, great tools and resources, wonderful tech stack. And all I want to do is buy the, I want to buy the client relationships, the revenue. I'm going to plug it into my system. I'm going to look at top line revenue multiples. If I'm an investor, I am not, I am not an owner operator. I'm not a technician. I'm not an advisor. Um, or even if I am, I just want to buy them 
keep the staff in place, keep the workflows in place, the tech stack, maybe even take keep the advisor in place, then I'm going to look at bottom line EBITDA multiples. Those tend to be bigger deals. So the EBITDA multiples tend to be much bigger deals than the top line revenue. Top line revenue, there's two firms that publish those multiples each year, a place called FP Transitions and Succession Resource Group. Right now, Succession Resource Group has it at about 2.83 times on recurring and about 0.8 times on commission. But keep in mind, multiples are akin to saying that the average home sold for $123 a square foot in uh, 2022. And it'd be interesting, you know, our friends in the real estate business that are listening in, what they think it is. I heard from Realtor.com that it is about $123 a square foot nationwide. Hmm. Now, if you got that in Fargo, North Dakota, you're pretty happy. But if you get that in San Francisco, you're pretty sad. <laughs> so multiples are, ap- are true, they're not necessarily applicable. And in fact, only about 20% of the deals hit anything close to that range, 2.8 to 3.2. 80% of the deals were different than that. Also, multiples are to revenue, not GDC. So if you're our, if you're one of our registered rep friends, you know, it's after your BD haircut. And also, it's an all-in number. So it's not like you add a consulting agreement on top of it. Gotcha. So that's, that's the top-line revenue. Bottom-line EBITDA, we used to say, you know, six to eight times, maybe nine times on EBITDA, but you're seeing private equity in right now, and you're seeing crazy nine times. Nine times seems crazy in itself. You're seeing even more from private equity yeah, on financial Yeah, we're firms? seeing them in the teens you know, coming the? out of private equity. But but here's the thing. There's, There's a lot of the money number, there. And then there's the story under the number. And that's the part that people don't listen long enough or dig deep enough to understand around private equity. So this this is going to come from the fact that I worked for a, a few years for a roll-up firm that was private equity backed. So okay. I had a, a front row seat at this. So, so, so you were able to be one of the sharks. I was one of the sharks. So here's, here's what I can tell you first off. Um, it's going to be, it is a multiple of EBITDA, so it's not top line. So yep. EBITDA usually, even even an optimistic seller, it'll, it'll be about a third of what their top line revenue is. So, you know, if it's three point, what did I say, 3.82, you take that times three, well, you know, nine, 10, that's in the ballpark perhaps, about the same price. But in addition to that, I always would normalize EBITDA. And do you think I normalized EBITDA up? You'd always I only normalize normalized it down. EBITDA down. Right. So first off, it's not going to be your EBITDA number. It's going to be the one I come up with. Of course. So, yep. And you're going to probably be disappointed on that. The other thing is, is that um, you're going to have to stick around and grow the thing to get that number. And if you don't grow, you don't get it. problems that we're going to be addressing. Hmm. And you can't leave as the seller ahead of time. You do. You're going to leave. What's the normal stay period? Probably two years. Five to six. Five for, to six? Wow. That's what I usually do with PE. Yeah, because you have to grow it. You have to stick around and grow it. Wow. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, normal PE is probably trying to flip every three to five years. Um, right. So five to six maybe makes sense. Um, what's interesting is like with PE and my friends that have gone through the PE uh, transactions, right? It's it's mm-hmm. interesting. So if anybody's selling their business PE listening to this, they come in and they mm-hmm. look at your numbers and they give you this amazing offer of like, oh man, we're going to give you 16 multiple. And now you're hooked in the normal undisciplined person. What do they do? Yeah. They spend that money. They spend it in they their do. mind. They haven't received it yet, but in their mind, they're already spending the money, the house they're going to buy, yeah. the the place they're going to go, what they're going to do next. 
And then what does PE do? They put you just like a car dealer. Keeps you on the lot for freaking eight hours. They oh, then yeah. put you through the ringer, and then they basically go, oh, because we found this, we're going to have to lower that multiple from 16 right. to, to 15. Because we found oh. this. And by the end of it, you're getting half of what you thought you were, but you already spent the money. You've now invested freaking months into the deal, and you're just like, what do I do? And one more fun fact. Usually only about half of it's cash. Half of it's going to be stock in the firm that's buying you. Yeah. Good luck getting that money out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you'd have to find another partner interesting in buying it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's not what it appears on the surface. Dig a little deeper. Yep. And if you're listening to this and you're in PE, talk to us. Chat us in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, okay, so I think there is the reason why I wanted to have you on the show, right? It, as people are listening, yeah. is I think there is a massive opportunity right now for mm-hmm. if you are in business, whether you're in real estate, insurance, finance, there are so many older people wanting to transition. And your concept of finding the list and, and vetting it and building the relationship and making those calls is so critical. Think of right now, if you're a young gun getting into real estate, getting into finance, go to all the older people. They are looking for succession plans. They're actively, and the biggest thing that will get you there is your character, right? Because people want to do business with people they like. They know them, they like them, they trust them. And so any other tactics on closing the deal? Like, how do I build that relationship? Have you seen any other tactics you would give on after you get that list and closing the deal? Obviously, you're taking them to coffee. Any other things come to your mind? Well, the main thing too is listen. You have to listen. Um, you have to listen for kind of what is their ideal post-transition life because you want to be positioned as their number one retirement planner. Second, you want to listen for what is important to them in, in the w- way that the deal structure is done. Uh, I'll tell you very, very quickly, I talked to a seller. They were crowing because they got a large consulting agreement. I knew the buyer. The buyer had only so much they could spend in cash flow. So I told the seller, I said, I think what you did is you converted what would have been capital gains, gains, excuse me, you know, taxed at 0, 15 or 20 percent to long to basically earned income subject to state tax. If you have it, federal FICA and Medicare. Eek. Well done. He turned white as a ghost. Wow. If 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 uh, the, the buyer and seller would have talked further, what they would have found out is the buyer didn't necessarily want a consulting agreement. What he wanted was an office because he had no place to go. He would have much rather kept it as long-term capital gains, just had an office, come in, read the Wall Street Journal, schmooze with the staff for a little bit, have lunch and go home. So you gotta talk, you gotta listen and you gotta become their number one retirement planner and their number one transition planner. You do that, you're gonna win the deal every single time. It's so good. Um, I find this, I do a lot of real estate investing um, on the side. And one of the things that I find is like, you can win deals creatively. Like a lot of times you wouldn't think that people would want to do owner financing that own these multiple units. But a lot of times they do because they don't want to Mm -hmm. deal with the tax implications, right? They would rather just get a monthly mortgage payment to them coming in. So now you don't have to deal with the the bank for the financing. Like it's, it's wild what you can get people to agree to if you actually talk to them and find out their needs and find out what they actually, they, they don't want that lump sum of 6 million. They'd rather get a constant payment over the next 10 years or whatever coming in. And so they don't have the tax implication right then. So it's, it is spot on and, and so true what you're saying. So I got to ask you, right? Cause you climb radio towers, changing yeah. light bulbs. Now you're selling businesses. If you could go back now and you know, that young man that was in high school, give them yeah. any advice. What advice would you tell your younger self? Oh, such a good question. Um, I would, 
I would say the golden rule applies more than you could ever imagine. You know, I mean, basically, you know, love God, love others, put them in, put them in front of, put them in front of your interests and, you know, your interests will be taken care of. They'll be just fine, but treat others as you want to be treated and just look out for them, help them immensely. I mean, um, you know, we, we've even have, you know, showed up at, at different conferences together and, you know, the old adage of what's better than saying nice things about yourself, having others say nice things yeah. about you. <laughs> take time, get to know the folks that you're with and find a way just to, to treat them well. I, I found that in spades has paid off over my six decades. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well said, John, before we close out, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let people know how they can connect with you. Uh, best thing is either by phone or by email phone, 651-212-0141. Email John, J-O-H-N, I spell it the cool way, dot Turner, T-U-R-N-E-R. By the way, that's old Anglo-Saxon for farmer, in case you're wondering, Turner of the Earth. So john.turner at liveoak.bank. It's more secure than .com. And lastly, you can go to liveoakbank.com to our website and see all our materials as well. Love it. I love that trivia fact. Turner's uh, old, old English for, uh, for what do you say? Farmer? It's farmer. Like, yeah. Tur- turning Turn of the earth. Tiller. <laughs> I love that stuff. All right. Thanks again, John. Thank you all so much for listening. You can dive deeper to this episode, get the show notes as well as those, uh, the number and email and everything that John uh, put out there. You can get that at our blog and staypaidpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, uh, there's two ways we ask you to do that. First is head on over to Apple podcast, drop us a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to show your support is to simply share this episode with a friend. If you want to get hold of me, Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acree. John, thank you so much. Really valuable information. Hey, everyone, if you are interested in buying a business, right, John can help you finance that. So that's what he's an expert at doing. So definitely check him out if you're interested in that. Here's my action item for everybody, because I think this applies whether you're buying a business or not. You know, what John said strategy-wise is so so powerful. You should make a list of all the older people in your industry, in your town, and then go to that list and you reach out to them. You do that simple phone call. You know what you've learned in life? That you should never stop learning. And that person's been in the business for 30 years and you'd love to take them for a cup of coffee and just pick their brain. Build a relationship with them. Not only will you get great mentorship and new ideas probably, but also you might have a chance to inherit their book of business from a succession standpoint. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. Thank you.